This is Corolla Digital. Hi, I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And this week on This Week with Larry Miller, we answer the question you've been wondering about your whole life. Is a dog's bark worse than his bite? I don't want to get the show away, but no, it isn't. It never is. Listen to us through iTunes or the free Adam Carolla app. We'll see you here. It's time for this week's CarCast with your host, Adam Carolla, and moderator, Matt D'Andrea. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get it on. Mandy, get on. Welcome to yet another CarCast. Excited today. That is uh, Matt, the moderator, D'Andrea. Hey. Excited to have the great John Morton in studio. Good to see you, John. Good to be here. I've uh, spoken about John many times. Many times. And uh, John has driven everything, including some some of my cars, literally in modern times as well. Uh, we were just taking a tour of the of the studio here, and John was like, that's my car. I drove that car. My name's on that car. And then in that car, there's a car in the back over there with your with his name on it. No, even my, even <laughs> even the Jag that's my commuter car. He just took a piece of duct tape, wrote his name, put <laughs> it on put, the driver's side. So no, I just blocked car. it in. I just blocked it. <laughs> Touch it, John. Uh, I let's see if if I can get the story going uh, correctly. But um, Les Canaday, who uh, we all love from uh, the uh, Nissan uh, Classic Datsun. Uh, we were over at the track a few weeks ago at Laguna Seca doing a doing the vintage race. And I think there was a popular modern day F1 driver or semi, or maybe it was Schumacher. I can't remember who it was, but there was an F1 driver who was around. Schumacher, yeah, was, around. Schumacher, Schumacher. was around. Yeah. And Les came up to me, was bubbling with excitement. Yeah. And he said, Schumacher's around. And he said, I said, yeah. And he said, he just went to John Morton to get his autograph. And he never, <laughs> he was the proudest parent. You never seen. Yeah. Did, did, was that was that a true story? No, that's not a true story. You said you said censored. Less. This is uncensored. Yes. Yeah, that's bullshit. Oh, that's yeah. bullshit. Well, what happened? Did you say hi to Schumacher? I never even saw him. I never even saw. Don't him. Don't say it to Les. Yeah, Les is your biggest Wait. fan, by the way. He's got such a boner. Did for anybody? Yeah. <laughs> did anyone in the in the modern F one era at the Laguna Seca a couple of weekends ago ask you for an autograph? No. Oh, see Les. <laughs> Or less. <laughs> All right, let's hope he doesn't listen to this. Well, he should have asked you for your autograph. That's right. John uh, is – well, John drives everything um, at that track. He drove uh, – He well, he's always in the Sunbeam Tiger, which I love the couple that owns that Sunbeam Tiger. And I would like to do one of those wife swap moves. <laughs> not, not from a physical standpoint, <laughs> but – I see, I go. It's I, like what? I talk to the guy who owns the Sunbeam Tiger, and he's like, "Yeah, my wife's in charge of putting grooves in the tires." And I'm like, yeah. "She does what? Oh yeah, she gets like a soldering iron out, and she grooves like hand yeah. grooves the tires." Okay. And I don't even know what the story is. I don't know if they can't find 13s that are the right tires or what it is. Well, she does whatever he tells her to do, and he's so Ooh. big he can hardly do it himself. 
Yeah. So she's kind of his uh, mm, better for the wife stooge, swap. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah, she's a pretty she girl. She's reset. <laughs> She's actually a flight attendant, and she's been one for. And she grooves race tires by yeah. hand. By hand, yeah, that's awesome. That's what I love. I love that. And is it because they can't find a tread of tire that they like, or they just like the compound yeah, I, of the slick, and they need to run treads? John will tell us. I, I don't pay a lot of, ten- of attention to what they do on that car. I just drive it, and I'm I've been stuck with it for I think eleven years. I've driven it more <laughs> oh. than any other car, and it's a little bit like purgatory. I'm not sure if I'm ever going to get to heaven. <laughs> is uh. What kind of lap times can you turn in that car? Because it's an old car, but it's got a big engine, but it's got little tires. It's like, I can't figure out what you can do in that car, in that track. At at what track? Laguna Seca. Laguna Seca. Uh, We've done high 42s. That's fast. Yeah. That is very fast in that car from 1964. Yeah, I was a mechanic on that car at Shelby's when they first built it. Well, uh, and in a way, the Sunbeam Tiger is the, you know, is the Cobra, is the little little car from England with the big American V8 in it. And, yeah, those are kind of sleeper cars that never are, are slowly catching on. But to me, for those of you who are looking for an investment and certainly are out of uh, Dino Ferrari money or Cobra money or any of that yeah. kind of money, uh, that that little Tiger is probably a pretty good place to put yeah, your money. But the Tiger's not the cheapest car out there anymore. That, that was, no, that, I'm, I mean the I'm, values have gone up. Significantly. I'm saying to they're a, not two million dollar cars by no, any means. No, but, but I I I'm, I feel like you can grab one for under a hundred in yeah. in the oh. in the seventies, sixties, seventies. Which I don't is want not, to think it's like a. a no, like, it's, it's not, no longer a twelve thousand dollars. No, car. it's not. It's not <laughs> cheap. But if you're looking for something that's under a hundred, that is going to go over a hundred. Yeah. Uh, in the near future, that's that's a nice car to look at. Uh, so John has driven everything, and uh, and as you mentioned, worked for Shelby. Started off with Shelby, uh, then went o- over with our friend P- Pete Brock, and won. Won everything. There's a lot of great YouTube stuff. Um, that uh, race, the I guess back when they had the runoffs over at Laguna Seca back in the day with uh, you and the uh, 510. That's Paul Newman crashing, uh, by the way. Uh, that's not John. John wouldn't do that. Um, if, if if when you Whoops. see when you see uh, him uh, going up against the uh, Alfa Romeo where they had all the controversy, why don't you tell that? that story because that that was just a crazy race i mean you guys were just bump you know bumper to front bumper to rear bump banging on each other i mean tell the story and that alpha does show up at the track every once in a while yeah in fact i think uh the car was at a cause cars and coffee last weekend that car both oh, really? of the cars including the Datsun, they brought it out for an event uh i think uh some kind of a nissan sponsored thing and the guy Drove it to a Cars and Coffee, and the Alpha was there, too, the same car. Uh, what happened in 1971 is we were the only Datsun, really, to get points, and there were a lot of other, a lot of Alphas. Came mm-hmm. down to the last race. We won six. We had won five races. We won every two races, then we'd lose a race, and then we'd win two more, and we'd lose one. This is you and Brock and BRE and the BRE 510. And... Uh, by the last race, whoever won the race at Laguna Seca won the championship. Horse Quick, Horse Quick in the Alpha, and we beautiful would, car by the way. Look, 
the color scheme and everything. Very nice looking car. Actually, the fact that we won, we we would have probably won in a fair and square race, but uh, they didn't make a pit stop and they had a right. Big, so big it comes down there. to Laguna Seca. It comes down to the last race of the two point five Trans Am series, nineteen seventy one. Right. Um, he's driving the Alpha. Is that a GTV? It's a GTV, steel-bodied, right. uh, two-liter. So, no, 1750, then it was supposed to be a 1750. Supposed to be. Yeah, I'm not sure it's what it was. It's a twin cam, beautiful engine. Might be making a little more horsepower than your L16 L16. It was a 16 then. We yeah. had a 1600cc engine. Right, so he's got, he's got one more cam and a few more cc's <laughs> yeah. on you. And Wait, the Alphas are two-liters? I, they should be, but no, I don't know. They say they were seventeen fifty that year. The next year they were of the full two liter, right? And uh, Horse Quick obviously can drive pretty well, That's and a he's a very aggressive driver. Because if you watch <laughs> that race, you guys are mashing into each other a lot, right? Yeah. Well, we we had a few little contacts, but um, uh, the the thing is, whoever won won, and and the irony was. Now, what was the rule as far as the fuel goes? It's fifteen gallons. Right. And you guys, how many laps was the race? Do you remember? Yeah, no, I don't. The races were typically about an hour and 15 minutes long. I don't remember specifically how. And you were in the 46 yeah. car that's now, I guess, owned by Nissan. They've always owned it, yeah. Oh, well, they didn't own it when Brock well, no, owned it. No, they did own it then. They, oh, they technically didn't. owned the car. Uh, Brock owned the other two team cars. Mm-hmm. But uh, Nissan actually owned that car and uh, continued to own it. And uh, I never, I never knew that part. I always just thought it was a Brock car. So Brock had the other two. Well, it, Brock, it was built just like the other two. That was the first car. But Nissan, just because of the way the deal was worked, they technically owned that car and mm. never didn't own it. And Pete technically owned the other two cars and sold those late after the season. So you guys had to pit for gas at a certain point, and. Um, as all those jackrabbit starts, you know, he the way John drives, he does not conserve fuel. <laughs> no. He doesn't do it like I'm, they tell you on the PSAs. I, I think it's great that you guys know how much fuel is actually in the car, because I don't think you've actually been to a vintage race ever, Adam, where we know how much fuel is in the car. That's always Never kind been of able to issue. figure it out. Well, it's a stupid sponge that they put <laughs> yeah. inside the, the Yeah, we, the we have no idea how much fuel is in the we car. We have a stick that gives yeah. us a vague idea. <laughs> yeah, but how many times has a car been on the side of the track, you're like, I don't know. I mean, it could just be out of gas, could be ignition, could be whatever, and it's always out of gas. <laughs> no, it's not always out of gas. It was it was the it it, it Sonoma, it was it was oh, in Sonoma there was a wasn't there a, cr- a hole in the crack in the block or something. There was water where it shouldn't have, shouldn't have been. Yeah. Yeah, so that that wasn't out of gas. So out of gas was I'm sure it was also out, out of gas. gas. No, yeah, out of gas was uh Fontana. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a great race to watch. Uh, you guys pit for gas. They win the race because you guys have to pit for gas. Uh, but that seems suspicious to you, right? Because here is a guy driving the wheels off a car that has a little more displacement than you. He probably weighs 10, 15 pounds more than you. Why yeah. did they not have to pit for gas? Um, well, apparently they didn't have to pit for gas. Uh, Pete, Pete Brock uh, surmised that they must be cheating. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> They uh, how close was it in terms of what, what I mean, 
you had to pit for gas at what point? I mean, would you ever try to make the race without pitting for gas? You know, the funny thing is the next year we went a number of races without it with a slightly bigger engine because we were running a little more efficiently. So it was close. We might have even been able to make it. Pete brought me in. So he didn't know for sure then. He just thought. Well, we had always planned to stop. We stopped every race. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so did Quack. So, uh, oh, but this time he doesn't This time stop. he didn't. So it was a little unusual. And mm-hmm. uh, the SCCA, was sus- there was no protest. Pete didn't protest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the SCCA was curious. So they drained all the fuel that they made sure the tank was empty. And the Alpha after they dragged it in. You see, apparently Horace shut the fuel pumps off as he crossed the finish line and made the car sputter to a stop. Oh. And uh, he stopped down and turned uh, two I, I at Laguna like Seca. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> they they dragged it in, and that was going to take the you know the pressure off because he sure, ran out of ran gas. Out of gas. Well, now, they, and if everybody else goes in and, and gets gas, in theory, can't he back off a little bit? You know, just back off the throttle a little bit. Do a little bit slower lap, conserve a little bit of fuel, well, and not pit. He, he couldn't very much because by the end we had got gotten, I think, within seven about seven seconds of him catching up. Yeah. So he may have backed off a little bit. The 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 situation was that they dragged the car in, drained whatever gas was still in it out. There was a little bit left in it, mm-hmm. and then filled it, and it held. I think it was eighteen point one gallons. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so, so that, that's more than fifteen. Yeah, they yeah. they figure that out. They used I don't know. It was one of those smoky eunuch type moves where yeah. they used like the fuel line that went to, from well, the tank to like, the, like an oversized. No, no, or something, no. What or? it was was the container. You know, you've got enough race cars here you know the there's a rubber bladder or a a, a bladder inside that's of a thing tank you shove the stick into yeah, yeah the thing you sure. stuck stick the stick in well it's contained in a metal or a fiberglass container so they made a big container bigger than the standard container so the the flexible rubber oh, the bladder would expand. swell up a little was bit. a little yeah. blo- balloon like you know i was thinking gas. you could also run on your fuel filters, if you run the giant canister-type filters, you can almost get, like, an entire quart of fuel in that filter. So when you technically... Yeah. Although they would catch you in tech in that, probably. If you're running a large filter, or if you ran two filters, like two canister-type filters. But that, I, I think they'd notice. They'd like, notice yeah, tech, yeah. they'd grab you. Now, yeah. John is here, and one of the reasons uh, John is here is uh, because uh, he's doing a uh, Indiegogo campaign and they want to build a replica of the BRE 240Z that he ran in 1970 and 71 and that car the actual car doesn't exist anymore or no. what is the story with the actual one that you ran in 1970 70 and 71 when we finished the season uh the 72 season was uh, all 510 so uh Nissan uh, disposed of the two cars, or Datsun disposed of the cars by giving them, selling them, or giving them to other competitors. Competitors and uh, Dan Parkinson got my car, and uh, he raced it successfully for I don't know a year or two, and then he he had an accident with it and and basically wrote it off. The only thing that I know that's left of it is I still have the chassis plate because when I was we were building the car, I took the chassis plate off. So, and so. It, when you put that. And if you put that on the replica car, the tribute car, well, you know, my my feeling with a lot of this stuff, what you try to do 
is you try to get a bunch of stuff from the old car and put it on the new car. Side side note that uh, John saw my lightweight roadster and said, oh, I made the oil pan for that when I was yeah. over at uh, BRE. Which uh, So John did a little fabricating back in the day. But, you know, um, the great Penn Jillette once said to me, if you have Houdini's wand and the base and the tip and the body of the wand have all been replaced, then is it still Houdini's wand? And I said it is as long as there's not some other asshole who claims he has right. Houdini's wand. Yeah. That will be Houdini's wand because in race cars, you blow up engines, you smash up body panels. Things get swapped out, replaced all day long. There's no yeah. car out there that has the block that it originally ran the 1971 season with or the front fenders. We either. were just talking yeah. about that, too. Like the Camaro, you got out back. So many. I mean, uh, these cars, these race cars are 20, 25 years old. The parts have been swapped so many times that just to sell the car, move the car around, there's parts thrown onto it. Like, race cars are basically Legos at this point. Right. And the, so my first question, because I have Paul Newman's 510, the one you saw Newman drive into the wall over at Road Atlanta, if you uh, want to check it out online. I have that car, but is it that car? No, it's, a, it's another body with a bunch of those parts that were on that car because those are unibodied cars and when they got trashed they just got another one the real question is who else has that car so that 240z doesn't exist that car doesn't exist and i'm not gonna put my chassis plate on this replica that they built (laughs) and it isn't a real replica because it's a different class duct tape it on for the race (laughs) yeah and wait we can make a replica of the chassis plate the idea (laughs) is the (laughs) the bonk brothers want to put this thing together and they want to actually have john drive it Back at uh, Laguna Seca, right? No, at Road America. At Road oh, America. Road America. And that's yeah. coming up quick. I spoke to these guys, Steve and Chris Bonk, and they're uh, they're putting a hell of a lot of work into this project. Um, the car is looking great. I think we might have a couple photos of the of the car in the paint booth, and uh, uh, but the uh, but the Indiegogo campaign is not really about them putting putting the car together as much as it is also getting it out there and doing a little bit of racing and, and getting a crew out there. So yeah. Um, uh, they, they have a volunteer crew. They're trying to raise uh, six thousand bucks by uh, by the runoffs, and the runoffs are Road America. Then two weeks, three weeks from now, I guess. So we gotta we gotta get cranking here, people. Hey, a, a cool cause. They said at some point maybe I could drive the car with John, but I'm not sure where I'm going to be in <laughs> being Road America in three weeks. But I'm uh, hoping we can get it somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere in the local vicinity, and I uh, would love to uh, partner up. John drove my 510 at uh, Laguna Seca last year because uh, Les started crying. I did the early race. <laughs> I did the early race at, at 11, and I, I'd driven two cars, and I'm, I was just tired. And I said, screw it. I'm going down to Pebble Beach and getting yeah. drunk. And he said, John Morton's going to drive this car. Yes. Yeah, that was my fourth car of the weekend, I think. <laughs> I said, all right, let him drive the car. Um, and then uh, I think that's the time Les forgot to put the hood pins back in before he uh, moved it. A little trouble. Yeah, it was, a little af- gust it was of wind. after the race. A little gust yeah. of wind. Oh, really? But uh, John, John yeah. drove it. Well, last yeah. year it was a hood. This year it was a front air dam. It's always a piece yeah. on the front of the car. There's just yeah. something unplanned. J- yeah. Just a mention of the of the Bonk Brothers thing. 
that's their idea. It wasn't my idea to do this at all. But the SCCA said in their wisdom that this is the 50th year of the of the runoffs. Mm-hmm. And they said anybody who's ever run a, won a, a national championship can run again. I don't think they expected a 70-year-old driver to to be trying to pretend, <laughs> pretend he was 30 years old again but that's kind of that's kind of the way it's the well, cookies crumbled how uh you know we're doing a documentary on Paul Newman he was you know pretty much hitting his stride at age 70 i don't yeah. feel like john is much different than paul in that regard he drives multiple cars mm-hmm. uh, every year at uh, laguna seca uh, so this year this last or a few weeks ago uh you drove the Sunbeam Tiger. What else did you drive? I drove uh, Miles Collier, the Collier Collection uh, uh, Grand Sport Corvette. Wow. Which oh, I like those cars. one of five built. Oh, for, because that was the mark this year. What year was that? That was a 63, mm-hmm. and it ran, uh, you know, they were dispersed among good race teams because uh, the, the brass at GM pulled the plug on the program. They were going to build a run of 125 of them apparently to become FIA certified and uh because of the a- the trip the AMA ban on racing back in 1957 I think GM said we're not racing so destroy the cars well they didn't destroy them five of them that were were built and five of them were stashed away and hidden so uh they went to private people and this particular one is one of those five so you drove the vet you drove the tiger anything else no not yeah, that's it <laughs> that's enough yeah. yeah how how is that vet compared to the tiger uh night and day there well the the, the tiger is probably worth 50 grand and the vet the corvette's probably worth Eight million, and that's about the difference in the way they drive. Really? Is it really eight million? <laughs> uh, I think one changed hands for about eight million. One of the five, not this particular one. This one's in the Collier Museum. Now, is it a split window? It's a split window. It looks just like a Corvette Stingray, first year Stingray, but it's a tube frame race car oh, with a four with a three hundred seventy seven yeah. cubic inch engine. Yeah, yeah it's I'm that number at it. three. That's the car yeah, right there. It's a beautiful car. Yeah. So you're in that car, and you're up. Well, you're running with vets in this case, but normally Cobras and um, mus- uh, you run with Cobras. And we like ran with Cobras. G- I, I drove this. I drove this in the prehistorics or the preliminary weekend, and I was wired by Stanford. My brainwaves. Yeah, um, they're doing a program. Uh, yeah, they're, they, they, there's yeah. some. There's some interesting. They did some telemetry stuff one year. They were out with Bruce Kenapa. They had a bunch of Stanford guys. They're putting a bunch of sensors and things on a, um, I'm going to just say, call it a 906 or maybe. maybe yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a 910. 910. And they, they did You're it. just on, making numbers up now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got two of them. I got almost uh, two of them right. Just in the yeah, wrong just order. Wrong yeah. order. Yeah, on a yeah. 910, a Porsche 910. They did a bunch of stuff. Now, this year, they did a thing where they monitored the brain waves of Bruce. Uh-huh. And um, I was going to joke. They put John, monitors on people to keep they wanted them alive. To, they wanted to see if Bruce really had them, so they used mine as the gold standard. <laughs> and, uh, so I, what did I they did come up? The what before. did they come up with? Uh, the, I looked at them. I couldn't make any sense out of them. It's it's uh, just a bunch of funny lines. Bruce told me that <laughs> he his brain waves were like a cat napping. Like yeah. like that that's flatline. That's as much <laughs> adrenaline as he had, right. which is what you want. Because what you don't want behind the wheel is 
just a whole surge of adrenaline having you sawing away at the wheel and right. stabbing at the brakes and yeah. things things like that. And I imagine with somebody, I, I, it's probably not a, a whole lot different than skydiving, which is the first time you jump out of the plane. I'm sure your brain's going off oh, like a popcorn machine. And the 70,000th 70, time you jump out, it's like you're sitting on a barca lounger, right? And <laughs> I, I, ma- I imagine <laughs> John's brain is, especially going around Laguna Seca, is not going off like a popcorn machine, right? Uh, you know, I, it might have been. It kept going up in, in a little funny swiggly lines going up and down. But it, the the thing is, I don't think they know what they have. I don't think they know what they mean yet. They're just getting data, and they don't know. I don't think they know exactly how to <laughs> interpret it yet. But mm-hmm. They want to compare the brain waves to what the car is doing. They've got the car uh, they've got GPS. They know exactly where the car is at all times. They've got yeah. cameras, and and they've got brain waves. So they're trying to put it all together and see what the brain. That's waves. great. They couldn't afford for an actual doctor to to translate mm, no. some of this material. Well, they have a lot of, of doctors. They're all doctors. I, they'll bring it. I think when they get back to Stanford, they'll be able to drum up a doctor too. No, they're <laughs> all doctors. Drive Can anybody from, make heads or tails? Hey, we got a guy. Gibberish. He's a podiatrist. He's going to drive in from San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a degree. Proctologist would be more appropriate. I John. Feel like like half of the guys out there were probably some old retired doctors anyway, driving, oh, yeah. driving these cars, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, at least they own them. John, John had a, an accident there that took place in the exact same place uh, in my practice race, or the early race, or the qualifying. I don't know what they call it. The race before the race, the morning race sure. on Saturday. Practice? There was, a, practice. There was an accident that took place. An exact same place where you had your horrible accident with the scarab, which was uh, a Capri. That was a, a actually a Mustang that I used to so race. We, we oh, just, that was a Mustang. We, it was I a Mustang. Figure out the Mustang and he the Capri. He was saying the blue, the blue one was the Mustang. He, he used to drive it. I drove it in '81, and they've always called it a Mustang. Was it bodied differently? It looked the same as it, the Capri. It looked the same. I think the Capri are the taillights and and the headlights are different. But um, I now I kind of want to see. The blue one that you're talking about, side by side to the to the red one, the maroon one. Right. Yeah, Let's they see. were both Mustangs. They were built by a Protofab. They were the same, you know, built by the same people, and w- they were both our team cars. And I drove both of them, and Milt Minner drove them. Uh, John Bauer drove them. What? And, uh, uh, so what? Well, if John says they're Mustangs. What's the What's Mustangs. the displacement on the motor? They were fi- they were five liters, and they were built by Bud Moore. And what, no, kind, of, what and kind of horsepower do you think those things were making? Um, not enough back then. Uh, they were <laughs> to be doing they, all right were, on Saturday. They were probably four four hundred and twenty, maybe. I, I that don't maroon remember. one had, had that somebody breathed on that motor. Well, they you know sometimes they change stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think there was some I stuff so. that may have been changed. Maybe they tweaked the ignition a little bit. Maybe yeah. gave it two more degrees of timing, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's so all the difference you need. They uh, <laughs> the so those were yeah those were five liters. Those were not two frame cars. No, they were two they were two frame cars. cars. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. hard to tell on those cars from that. They look sort of. They were stock-ish. probably the very first protofab Mustangs built. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. Uh, that became a line of very successful race cars. Um, so they're both Mustangs. You were calling one a Capri, though. I think you're confusing yeah, I, me. I, the, the maroon one to me looked like it had Capri bodywork on it. But well, they call they we always called them must. They always mm-hmm. called them Mustangs. Yeah. So I don't. Well, I, you drove the car, so you'll be able to 
tell us then. But the one went over the hill. Um, I think what happened was a 935 turbo just sort of gave out. And and there was everyone started braking. But these guys were back a little bit. And they came over the top of turn one, which mm-hmm. is a little bit of a misnomer because it's, it's not really that much of a turn. But your suspension gets a little bit light. Yeah. And uh, came over. He hit the brake, and it just looked like a rear tire locked up or something. I, I couldn't figure out, but it just immediately went yeah. hard left. So we were just looking at that as well. We saw the, the the passenger side rear tire lock up, and and for a second it looked like, here's the video here. Why does that, and I couldn't figure out why that pulled him left so hard. And, and so John, as a professional, has been on the losing end of this what do you think happened and why so hard and you know and did he have to take out that car (laughs) because that group five uh bmw uh batmobile with the uh hans stuck and uh, sam posey mobile that is one of the nicest coolest pieces out there if you were to have me walk through that whole field i might point out that car is probably yeah. if you said well, is there one car you'd like to have just in your garage i'd see when you watch this video and you see that car come around um the the mustang there it looks like it was just after the peak of of the hill and and i think i think he just lost traction in the front i think when you went over the peak of the hill the front got real light yeah I I, I it wasn't it going would, that fast not 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 in that amount of at time i don't think so because i think it looked to me like it locked the right rear wheel and just caused it to to uh why would it what i can't figure out see wouldn't you turn Matt, right me, instead of turning you left? i think so <laughs> i don't i don't understand what happened it yeah. doesn't make sense it's to tough me. to see from these from these videos from these well angles, he, yeah. the the thing is is your suspension does get light coming over that crest but not at the start of the race, usually, because you're not up to speed, full speed. Now, he was in the back, so he had a little longer run at it. But you're not – it's somewhere, you know, lap two or lap three, when you start picking up speed and you have a clear run yeah. at it, that's when it starts getting light. Yeah. But in the, the first lap with the green flag, you're not – you're going 85, not 125. Yeah. So you usually have a – it doesn't get as light. But either way, mechanical failure – Whatever, whatever it was, but uh, that was the uh, that was a not a Capri, but a Mustang, I guess. And well, uh, I, yeah, I, it it sure looks like you know it's hard to tell the the closing rate on that Porsche in front if he turned because he thought he was going to hit the Porsche. And it, oh, I, yeah. I don't know. It's it was a strange looking accident and a strange place to have one, but I I know that place. Yeah. And uh, John had a freakish accident in the uh, in the exact same place in a scare where uh, I, I, have you seen that car since? Yeah, by the I, way? I, I visit it regularly. It's uh, near the Van Nuys Airport. A friend of mine, Joe Cavalieri, is restoring it, yep. and it's almost finished, and it's going to be better than it was. Well, it was he's so a funny. surgeon over there. Yeah, what goes on over at that shop? Yeah, we've is, been over there. You've been there, yeah. yeah. Very impressive, very impressive stuff. And uh, yeah, that car was, you know, the thing that's eerie about John and the rollover accident in that, I don't know, $5 million car is seeing the stacks the for the intake. I'm guessing that car was injected or just had downdraft Weber. No, it had uh, 
it had Hillborn Hillborn injection. injection. Seeing the stacks scraped off, basically on the pavement, sort of acting as basically keeping John's head off the pavement, or at least most of it (laughs) off the pavement. That was just a crazy, crazy accident. Yeah, they gave me the stacks. Oh, they did, (laughs) and they also gave me the roll bar, which was bent almost ninety degrees. Well, John is... That's a nice gift, to constantly remind you of <laughs> the headache sure what that I'm you got. Do with them. John is the one who used to tell me, I believe you said you used to like to make your roll bars out of thinner gauge material so you could save some weight. Only in that car you bought, the, the, the second Roadster, we made, it, made the material a little bit thinner because Pete had gone out of town. Uh, for a while, and I and I quick the boss is out of town. Let's start. I, I was the building up. the car, and and I thought, you know, if I use really thin material, it'll be lighter than the other car, which is the one you also own, right? And it was. It was probably forty pounds lighter. And uh, this will be an interesting conversation when I have <laughs> this with Les. Les, I'd like to get the uh, uh, the electrical conduit. Yeah, the EMT Basically, that was used for roll bar. I like to use exhaust that pipe tubing. Less, this is the <laughs> way they used to do it. They I, would put a spike in the middle of the steering wheel. I don't know why, but that's what they did. So that's yeah, what we got to run. That's what we got to run. And I go yeah. with less. I want a safer car. That's the way they used to do it. Actually, yeah. I don't think the the main roll hoop was was any different. Oh, but, okay. the, but internal structure that you had a tube yeah. frame in, inside, kind of ahead of its. And time. that and frame, was, I think, is drilled out, right? Because we can when we see. When we jack the car up, we can see it flex a little bit. Uh, well, I don't know how much those those little frameworks uh, <laughs> stiffen the chassis. Yeah. Pete yeah. thought it did, and one of the guys who worked on the car didn't think it did, and we never really proved it, I don't think. But um, it was controversial that we had that internal cage that yeah. early. That, That's why it's called R&D, by the way. That, uh, that little 2-liter U-motor works quite nicely, yeah. I, I must say, and... Uh, because of the uh, stellar work that uh, Les did, and of course the driver as well, uh, that car got the Rolex Cup uh, a few yeah. years a few years ago. That is it. It's a the Roadster, a, not the, the lightweight. The Roadster. The Roadster yeah. did. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, well, no, he said the second car. He means that's the scarab. More when when John says the second car, he means the second BRE car. Yeah. Not the lightweight roadster. Yeah, the right. second BRE car, which is the one I used to drive, the 46. The first oh, one was I get it. I see 44. Hey, look, there's Les right there. Oh, we're just talking about Les. <laughs> we're That's, just uh, talking about Les. Frank, uh, Frank Moniz <laughs> drove the uh, first one. Uh, yeah. See, he heard John Morton. Le- hey, Les. Uh, Les has never uh, been here to the studio. John Morton shows up. <laughs> Les appears. That's what I'm telling Les, you. Les, I got bad news for you. Fangio did not ask for John Morton's autograph at Laguna Seca last weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Schumacher, <laughs> Schumacher. I'm making fun <laughs> fucking with last guy. Yeah. No, John, more, listen, Schumacher didn't either. No. Talk no. to Brad Hand. He uh, listen, talk no, to John no, no, Morton. No, no, no. Listen, talk John, to John Morton's right here. He said I'm, no. If he you, said he called bullshit on you. Anything that Brad Hand tells you, you've heard of a grain of salt? Take it with that. Well, I was standing with Brad in the pit, and everybody that would walk up and says, Schumacher here? And he'd go, no, he's over there at Canepa's pit getting John's autograph. He's full of shit. <laughs> Somebody else came up to me. They said, oh, Schumacher's here. Don't go near him because he doesn't like um, he doesn't like to draw attention. But he was wearing a white shirt with bl- bright blue pants, walking like every – like he couldn't like, – But you, to you be – You couldn't no- not notice him. But hold on. <laughs> 
There's a lot of jack-offs walking around those pits, and to blend in with the other jack-offs who <laughs> are wearing, like, the Ferrari slip-on shoes yes. and the br- bright blue slacks, yeah. maybe he was blending in with the other rich jack-off guys. I think we should get you a robe for in-between races. You just walk around in a robe. Monogram robe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, a- maybe Schumacher was going to play golf that afternoon. <laughs> that does sound maybe, like his but- golfing outfit. Uh, by the way, uh, John has himself a uh, book. It's a uh, must-have for uh, the racing and the uh, Carol Shelby fans out there. Is it called Inside Shelby America? Inside Shelby American, that was the name of the company. And I'd written a little article for a magazine uh, that I was asked to write because I'm not a writer. And uh, a publisher publisher at Motorbooks asked me if I'd expanded into a a book, and I, I said I don't think I could do that. But he finally talked me into giving it a try, and... It's coming out in October. It took me yeah. about a year and a half. There's from a lot of pictures, I think. From a guy. Some pop-ups. Speaking sections. of pictures, <laughs> don't send me pictures of my Datsun 510 BRE car with a guy with an all-white helmet driving it and ask me to autograph it because that is not me driving <laughs> my car. That is John Morton driving my car. Yes. Uh, I've gotten a few of those. Um the Shelby, I mean, you were there at the at the beginning. Uh, what do we need to know about him that maybe maybe some folks don't already know, other than he's a complicated man? Um, well, if and I'm not here to to tout the book, but there's his personality from my point of view is somewhat revealed in there, and it's you know he's a character. I had a lot of admiration for him, or you know up till the end. I I um. He he had an incredible amount of enthusiasm and ability to never give up, and that's why he lived so long. Because he, the doctor, I think, told him he had five years to live when he quit racing, and that was in 1960. He literally had a heart transplant, I yeah. don't know, lung, liver. as a triple recipient of transplant, like the longest yeah. and living. And I think he was the oldest living heart transplant yeah. recipient. He was he, almost one of these guys whose ego was too big. To let it, ever let himself die, it like in a that weird way. Pumping. Yeah, and even when he did die, they they had to split up the ashes because there were people fighting over him. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. So he's like one of these guys. Is it is it fair to say this about Shelby? And I say this about people all the time. You can take a lot of the things that you don't like about him, and there's many of those things. But if you remove all those things, then you don't have Carol Shelby. Right. You have my dad napping on a sofa right now. You, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. there's certain things where there's people yeah. that have these qualities where you go, I fucking hate that. But you also go, but that's also what makes him a great agent. He's got yeah. that tenacity that whatever, but yeah. he brings. Yeah. So it's hard to like carve out the stuff you don't like. And then when you do, you're not going to have the same dude. No, that's true. Um, you know, to me, when I, I went to I, the reason I got the job at Shelby's is I went to the driving school because I was going to start being a race car driver so i moved to california to go to the school and uh, the school car was the very first prototype cobra which is still in the you know in the museum that was the school car they had never raced yet there had never been a race with a cobra in it and uh, about three weeks after i started working they ran the first race Uh, but shelby went from uh from uh, my hero as a race car driver without ever having met him or seen him in anything other than a race car going around the racetrack. Uh, 
and the first day that I met, the day that I actually met him, before he got to the track, the uh, some of the crew guys were saying that Billy Saul was coming out. Well, I didn't know who Billy Saul. Billy Saul Estes was a crooked Texan, mm-hmm. and uh, that I said, "Well, why do you? Who's Billy Saul?" I said, well, that's Shelby. Uh huh. Like so, his alter uh, ego. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like my. I call myself Capizio when I hit the dance floor, <laughs> but that's me. That's my alter ego. I've had to go into racing school, and then the car that you, you learn to drive in is a is a Cobra, like the first, you know, the, the first, first Cobra. Cobra. But, I mean, yeah. even, even just on a performance and, and power level, it's like, oh, I'm going to go and learn to drive. You're going to take your boy Sonny to learn to drive, yeah. But you're going to take him a... directly to McLaren and put him in an MP4. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. No, that's that's the thing. Like you learn in a bone stock yeah. cell. It was a, it was a yeah. lot faster than my TD. Yeah. Uh, So the book, Inside Shelby American, is out when? Uh, October 15th is what what the publisher says. And if I know books, you can usually go to Amazon and pre-order these things. And if you're going to go to Amazon, you go to adamcroll.com and you hit the Amazon banner and you click through and you put a little win in the sales of the pirate ship. Uh, John, always a pleasure. Uh, Should we give... A website out or oh, I forgot a couple things. Uh, well, the eBay Motor blog, I forgot about uh, that. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, the one that's up now is the uh, Laguna Seca one, the Paul Newman car, which I, I drove into the dirt sadly, but uh, <laughs> didn't do any damage to the car, just a little. You're fine, to my You're ego. Fine. And uh, we uh, bailed, we dusted the thing off, took all the front clip and the rear clip and all that off. So eBay and their uh, motor blog, you can read about uh, my day at the yeah, track. eBayMotorsBlog.com. Yeah, and uh, also the app, right? Yeah, uh, check out eBay Motors, check out the eBay Motors app. Like I said, I was just on there and I was just buying some some parts, not just cars. And I just bought some replacement parts for, for a buddy's car that I'm helping What about do. your Capri you're bringing in from the East Coast? <laughs> it's a Mustang. I, I, it's a Mustang. You know, I almost <laughs> had it, and then the trucking guy, like, literally called me the guy we used. Now, when you say trucking guy, you mean, oh, I see. I got you. I the, thought you were just the being tow, nice. The, the, the tow guy. Uh, that, oh, I think that's the fucking guy. He literally called, like, 10 minutes. He's like, we're going to be out in front of this guy's house in 10 minutes. We're like, this guy's at work or something. He's like, all right, if we're not getting it in 10 minutes, we're not getting it. Here's so a, if you know what happened is I don't get it. i got to wait like another month. Every guy I've used <laughs> to haul a car, here's they have two modes. You go, call me the morning of. Like if you're bringing yeah. it in that afternoon or just call me, give me 24 hours notice. Well, either you get the phone call that goes, I'm in front of the house. That's it. You get that call, which is like, what happened to the part where you're going to call me when you were two hours away yeah. or call me when you're coming into the the state of California? Yeah. They, they either do the call where they go, I'm in front of your mom's house right now. Yeah. Come get it or I'm going to keep going. Or you get the call or, or you never get the call or you just get the call where you call them. And they totally, they do it in five days. You call them in seven days. And they go, well, about another four days. I, I did that. I was like, hey, don't forget about me. I spoke to you a month ago. Don't forget about me. My car's in New York. When you get a chance, swing by and pick it up. I don't hear back. I get a call. He's like, you got to call me in the next 15 minutes. My guy is there. I'm like, um, the, 
the car's not there. He's like, well, there's a white Mustang. You want that one? I'm like, well, yeah, I kind of want the one that I bought. Yeah, there's a chick sitting in it. Yeah. She'll come with she, the car. She's running. All um, right. Uh, you can uh, go to Indiegogo, and you can uh, search out John Morton. We'll also put a, a link up on uh, carcastshow.com. And you can, you can uh, donate. Help these guys out. They they help it. these guys out, and you can uh, pre-order the book at Amazon. And, you uh, can click through the banner at carcastshow.com. Yeah. I, actually, you can buy Buy the book, and, and this is not a. You can only buy book. it on uh, Amazon. No, you. Well, you you could buy it on JohnMorton.com. Oh, uh, there or you go. John, John Morton. Morton. Uh, John Morton Racing. I think it's. Can we confirm com. that? Last words the wife yelled when John left the house. Yeah. This morning she's yelling on the website. No, she didn't. Because I, I, you know, it'll take forever for me to make any money on this damn book. But I just did it because you never. Very few people get asked to write a book, and I thought, well, I can't not do it because half the people you talk to want to write a book and never get around to it. Well, and here's a guy who was on the inside who saw Shelby at the very inception of that whole what has become a multi-billion dollar a year sort of conglomerate now back when it's just a little shop in Venice, right? Yeah. All right, so we're going to hit the parking lot. We're going to check out a car, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Oh, finally, some Jap junk in the house. Well, you never really talk about Nissans on the show, so I figured we might as well bring one. Well, I bring up John. Oh, are you (laughs) kidding? Yeah. Uh, It's nice to see a mod. Now, this is literally, this is a supercar, and it is sort of what the Japanese have been doing for years. For instance, um, you take... Uh, I, I don't know why I'm going to go off topic for a second here. Uh, we're standing in front of 2014 Nissan GTR all-wheel drive, 500 545 545 horsepower. Um, in the bicycling world, there, um, there, and and all someone will correct me, and I'll look it up. And I'm getting too old, but all the components, the shifters, the brakes, and stuff, were all but made in Italy. And they're all called, uh, like, Colombo or something. And I'll, I'll look it up. It was sort of Colnago or something. Super expensive, super nice stuff made in Italy. And then what Japan did is they came up with Shimano. Yeah. And they essentially made the same stuff, twice as light, half the price, worked exactly the same. Pretty much. And so this is a version of what the Japanese do. You could buy a turbo Porsche. Yeah. You could buy a Ferrari 458. Yep. You could buy a super Legera uh, Lamborghini Gallardo at twice the price. Yes. Or you could buy this car. And the truth is, I don't know that any of those cars are gonna be as quick as this one is, at least zero to 60. Yeah, and to be fair, part of what you're paying for is sort of prestige. But if you're right. just looking for neck-snapping performance and braking, yeah. zero to 60 braking is under 100 feet. So, yeah, the 60 to zero in this car was tested by Edmunds.com at 98 feet. Like, that's crazy supercar well, yeah, territory. Yeah, I mean, bra- 
the 100 feet, I mean, I could remember when my M3 was, you know, 120 feet. It was like a big deal, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, under 100 feet in the braking is insane. Is, is nuts. Anything like 110, 112, that's, that's damn near supercar territory. To go 98. Campanola. <laughs> there That's you go. The name Thank God the, you remembered. The you were, Italian. Who's killing me? Campanola is the Italian company that made the high-end component yeah. tree. Yeah. So this is a car that goes incredibly fast due to its technology. It's just, right. it's not, you know, it's not. It's the exact opposite of your American muscle cars that have an insane amount of power. They're fun to drive. They make tons of noise. This is the exact opposite. Whereas a GT500 has 662 horsepower. This has 545, 0 to 60 in 3.1 seconds. All-wheel right. drive just sticks like glue in this car. And it still weighs like 3,800 pounds, something like that, 3,800 pounds. Right. And as I say all the time to everybody, it's how much horsepower are you getting to the wheels? Yeah. And what kind, it's what are you getting to the pavement, not what's under the hood, because we can all just take a Chevelle and put a big block in it and get 800 horsepower out of it but if we're just sitting in one place lighting up the rear tires yeah. while it looks cool we're not moving anywhere now it, it's still one is yeah and this is still in my mind still a purpose-built car sure it's street legal you drive it on the street i would be fine driving this car every day but you were just in it you were driving it as well it's still a little bit of a rough ride you still hear that clanking from the transaxle but i think that's part of its charm it has a little bit of that supercar and eh, more race car feel to it it it's it feels very solid it feels very substantial you don't feel like you're buzzing around in a lotus and you're vulnerable i saw a guy today on the freeway in a dune buggy freeway <laughs> Was it middle Dak lane Shepherd? dune buggy <laughs> eating an apple that he had in his lap while he was piloting that dune buggy and i felt vulnerable for him yeah uh this feels very substantial very safe very if you put on the brake it's not going to pull hard to the left right you're going to stop and it also because it's a nissan feels like i don't know what the difference in maintenance for the first 100,000 miles, yeah. maybe 50,000 miles of this car versus a Honda Accord. Well, you're going to be surprised. The maintenance on this car is not cheap. So it... it what? But whereas, what do you have to do? You know, I, it, it, a little bit like your Aston Martin, where right when you get the car, they're like, well, drive it for the first, like, 4,000 miles, and then you got to take it in, and you got to get it looked at and inspected, and all the fluids changed. That's just the first break-in. I think this car has something similar, or at least it did when it was first coming out, after right. about 7,000 miles. But I do miles. get the feeling that but, once, and, and maybe I mean, that's part that comes with the territory, but once you do that, you can probably just drive this thing. And I think it's a great, reliable car. The maintenance right. certainly isn't Ferrari 360, 458 maintenance, but it's probably not, you know, you know, 370Z maintenance. You know, it's not like right. regular. Why don't you pop the hood? All right. Uh, the the doors do open like the Aston Martin. Or, uh, the handles are Aston Martin S. I'm reaching down for where the hood yeah, poppage right there should be. A great color combination, by the way. The sort of pearl white with the red interior. Oh, they've added some red. Yeah. You know, this car has, we mentioned the interior, has the premium package on the interior, which is the, the stitch leather in the seats, which isn't quite diamond stitch, but it has that almost Italian look. If you look at it, it has a little bit of GTO in it. 
And what do you think that this car, as it sits now, retails for? This car is $104,000 with, with a few of the upgrades, which is like the, the interior package. That's really the only upgrade on this car. So on- There's oh, a track package and there's oh, the, the red engine, or something. by the way. It is actually, this car being built on a different line than the other Nissan cars, whereas the drivetrain, the engines are hand-built, the drivetrains are assembled. And you said it was a 3.5? 3.8. But the horsepower to liter is uh, through the roof. Yeah, I mean, the... five, 545 right. horsepower, and I think the torque was like 463. I could be wrong, it could be 483, and but I think it's 463. Smells exactly like my 350Z smell in interiors. Like very, I don't know how yeah, that different just something car about, companies just have their own smell. This smells like a Nissan. You, you get in it and it smells like a Japanese car. fire it up. Now it's transmission, it has paddle shifts, it has an automatic mode. Is there any other configuration? No, this is the only way you can get it. Right, okay. Even when you start it, you hear that little bit of clank in the, uh, in the in the trans I do like the two-piece rotors in the rear sometimes they just go with the two-piece in the front yeah and the and it's massive got, front calipers on this it's thing. got 285 20s all the way around but oh, I, it's 285 all the way around yeah well, but it's, it's all-wheel drive but right? I believe it's a 40 series in the front and 35 in the back or at least that's oh, what this car has okay already it's limiting my my rpm The smoked rims look good. The thing looks good. So the, See, it won't let me rev more right. than 4,500 right. right now. But well, you can shut it down. The, but the, the launch control in this thing, which they call race start, I think, is nuts. It's 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 violent in a in a fun, exciting way. This thing and it's it's angular. Like a rocket. It's stealthy. It looks good and. So, the bad news is it's a hundred thousand dollar Datsun. The good news is it'll kick the hat, it'll kick the ass of really anything that is fifty to hundred grand more. Yeah. With the now possible exception of the Z06, the new Corvette is probably zero to sixty in around uh, three nine or something. So it's not quite there yet. We'll see what happens with a new. ZR1 or new ZR. This car's a lot more finesse, a lot more technology. Yeah. But it's it's the vet's probably 15, 20 grand cheaper, maybe. Yeah. So if you want just pure balls to the wall, bang for your buck, you might go with the vet. If you're looking for a little more finesse and a little more European flavoring, even if it comes from Japan, I'd say I'd take this car over the vet all day. This is the ultimate sleeper, in my opinion. At this point, and uh, again, you can probably get first and second generations of these cars, which you know I, I believe they came out about four years ago. Yeah, with 480 horsepower, but they were still fast. And you put a chip and a cone air filter. Yeah, it's on them, on and it. it's the styling looks to me almost the same. Yeah. And I don't know if some of those are floating around eBay for 55 grand or what have you. I don't know. Let's check that out. But, I'd be uh, curious to know. I, I, I would be curious, you know, because for a car that had just a ton of performance that hasn't really changed much and that is pretty bulletproof, and chances are the owners were single owner, low driver. 
yeah. non-smoker. Now keep in mind, this is still a tuner car. You can take this over to Stillen and, and you know, it can make this thing six, 700 horsepower right. all day long. Right, but I'd be <laughs> curious to see if we can't find some 09s with 33,000 miles floating around yeah. on them on eBay for 51K. That's the next challenge. Anyway, <laughs> it's 2014, it's Nissan, it's GTR, and uh, this thing's a world beater. So, until next time, this is Adam Carolla for Matt, the motorator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel.